0: Gentlemen, Michael and Aki, how are you guys doing today? It's been a little bit since we talked. Um, what's, uh, what's been going on in your corner of the insurance world?
1: <laughs> Do you want to start, Michael?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, we've, uh, we've had quite a fun couple months. Uh, as you know, we launched a for agents at the beginning of uh, December. Uh, so we've had a, overall a great reception. Um, uh, certainly great features in a uh, number of publications, including insurance journal and carrier management. Um, and we've had a lot of uh, positive reception from uh, agents so we have uh, several hundred agents agencies now on the waiting list uh, to get onto the platform and you know we're working to get everyone on as quickly as possible and, and a lot of excitement from uh, from the agencies uh, who have joined date
1: yeah a lot of excitement not only uh, from the customers that are the agents that are using the platform but also, from from the media, from the industry, and including our investors, they are very excited about uh, the opportunity. We had a board meeting at the end of December before going on vacation, and all the investors were very, very excited about the direction of the company, the growth of the company, and the opportunity of CoverWide for agents as well.
0: Yeah, and, and we were when we were kind of first talking, you'd, you'd kind of... Um... We're talking about the idea of bringing agents into the fold and how this is kind of, um, you know, just something that is new to the overall cover wallet experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what what during that process? You guys have been around for a couple of years now, I think three years, maybe, if I'm correct. Yeah, a little bit more than three. Yeah. And and so I mean, you know, generally when you know, as we've we've deemed them, tech companies kind of start with that direct consumer in mind. Like agents get a little. Little prickly about the situation. Um, I mean, at what point did you say, "Listen, these guys, we need to get these guys in. We need, we need, we need to show them, you know, how we can improve what they're doing with our platform." And just really, this is a really a, a great mix because I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I've seen a lot of different you know tools and stuff, and your guys is one of the more comprehensive kind of slick looking thing, things that are out there.
1: Yeah. Thank you uh, for that. But, uh, when we started the company, uh, the, the way we describe Cover Wallet is the easiest way to understand, buy, and manage insurance for your business, everything online. And we do that combining data, design, and technology. And our value proposition for the final customer is this speed, simplicity, and convenience. And uh, we are delivering all that value with technology. So, our, our mission is, is, is consistent still. It doesn't matter whether you go direct to consumer or you allow agents uh, to use the platform to deliver that simplicity to the final customer and that speed to the final customer. So both channels, and we look at both uh, options as channels, like either you go direct to consumer or you allow other agents to use our platform to deliver that simplicity to the final customer, and also simplicity on how the agents operate. So I don't think that the mission of the company has changed. And and the reason why we allowed agents to use the platform is because they were asking, right? And as a startup, you have to be constantly... uh, You need to have conviction about where you want to go, but you also want to be ready to uh, modify course as you learn more, and as you identify new opportunities along the way, especially if those opportunities are aligned with your mission and value proposition.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's you know, I think we've been we've had people we've had uh, in the insure tech movement people attacking it from both sides, right? The simplicity on the the front end of just the technology, and then uh, you know, simplifying what agents are able to do, and I think that's part of you know where people saw this opportunity, there just wasn't tools that really made things better for us as far as delivering that experience. And, and, and it's nice when they can kind of come together. Um, I mean, what, what was the biggest, like kind of hurdle that you wanted to say, like, man, like, let's just get this out to these guys and let's see what happens. Like, like, what was that response? How has that been? Like, what, what are are some of the people that have been in this program have been testing it out saying?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Um, you know, because what we found is, you know, as you mentioned, much of the technology um, that we built for end consumers was directly applicable from the start to insurance agents. Right. Um, A single application to access multiple carriers, real time rating, delivery of underwriting questions to get to bindable quotes, um, instant uh, bind issue payments, document creation, aftermarket servicing all those translated one-to-one. So from that level of the actual core functionality, uh, a lot of what we built, we were able to directly apply. Um, However, though, you know, it is a different customer, right? Um, There are additional tools and things that the agents really need in order to make sure that they're more efficient. So, whereas a CoverWallet customer who might come in through a direct-to-consumer channel might not um, instantly get a quote and we can find a market um, through them through all the companies we're appointed to. For a couple of for agents, it was very important for us, for instance, to make sure that we're able to give quick kickouts to agents. So we've actually, through all the hundreds of thousands of uh, customers that we've quoted in the United States, we've actually developed an appetite guide that real time will be able to um, query that data to see the likelihood of, of getting a quote. There's also been uh, other elements around, um, you know, being able to, to track accounts and edit and update applications, new tools that that agents need to be able to integrate into their workflows that uh, an individual customer might not need if they're talking to an agent on the phone.
1: Yeah. The, the other interesting thing is that, in the same way that we deliver simplicity and speed to the final customer, we also try to um, have those value propositions in how we operate internally, but also how agents are perceiving us. So I think that it's a constant uh, keyword that we hear, right? The speed and also simplicity. And agents are telling us that they're very excited that to start using the, the platform, everything can happen very quickly, right? So they sign up and in less than a minute, they have access to a platform and they can quote a customer and they can sell uh, policy. And is that instant gratification that is consistent to our overall uh, way of doing things about speed and simplicity that we keep hearing not only from final customers, but also agents. They can use this in a couple of minutes and start using this and they are ready to go.
0: Yeah. And, and the speed and the simplicity thing is uh, kind of two big, like kind of pillars of this whole thing. And, and what, what, from your experience, obviously, what have you know you found that has really impacted that speed and and, and stuff on your guys's and, and and how has it really been able to change that process? Like what are some of the most effective things that you've been able to kind of eliminate and like you know if an agent isn't using a, a platform that is helping those things, like how can they get started like just wrapping their brain around this is something that is going to ultimately improve the efficiency of their agency.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we really started by attacking a lot of the most time consuming parts of the process for an agent to to get and compare quotes. Right. Um, Entry of information multiple times, needing to answer different rating and underwriting questions in different portals, many of which might not be necessary to actually um, quote that account, but are just sort of legacy technology built on either the carrier side or, or the intermediary side. Um, and then also frictions in being able to to actually issue those policies, right Many times needing to talk to a human to uh, go back and forth having time delays in that process. And and really by focusing on using technology to have you know a single application rather than multiple applications to um, ask only the underwriting questions that you need to quote that specific, account based on their class of business and their location. Um, Being able to not need to um, uh, classify separately based on the taxonomy of each different carrier, but we actually have a proprietary uh, mapping that goes from real language um, descriptions of businesses to NAICS, ISO, SIC codes, and workers' comp codes, right? Really getting rid of uh, these frictions that Instead of t- making uh, it go from, uh, you know, an hour per quote, you know, we've gone to being able to get five quotes in five to 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think that that is very important, right? We don't want customers or agents uh, to have to type a lot of information. And I, I, I'm going to repeat a little bit of what Michael is saying, right? Like For example, when you enter your address, instead of having to enter your full address, we ought to complete that with information coming from Google Google Maps. Uh, uh, then once we have your address, uh, we know what is the age of the building, number of stories of the building, uh, whether there is an alarm or not, or, there is, or what is the type of construction of the building, so you don't have to type it. Um, we use machine learning to do natural language processing, so to understand uh, what customers are typing. So if you want to, uh, classify your business in one particular industry, you, put the, you can describe what you do as a company and automatically will match that description to an industry classification uh, with a basic natural language processing. So many of the friction points that we are observing, we try to see whether technology could remove that friction or that uh, time effort that requires to complete that task. And I think that, that is what Steve Jobs uh, used to say that starting a company uh, or a technology company is very simple. You just look at a problem or at a friction point in life or in how people do certain things and you question yourself, could technology solve this problem or simplify this? And, and that is why technology can do that because probably things are the way they are today because 10 years ago you couldn't leverage technology or data science in a way that you could do today. So it doesn't mean that uh, the process that people follow today uh, was bad at the time. It was it is like that because at the time there was no other way. But now in 2019, uh, you have technology to do many of the things that you couldn't do 20 years ago. So you just need to question the status quo, right? And Steve Jobs was very good at that. He's, he's questioning the status quo. It's like, could this be done better and better? Usually, like the, the, the way to do that better is through technology and through data science.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so clicking ourselves to death is something we have... Uh, long been guilty of uh, in the infancy of like, you know, just forms online and all that stuff. And I mean, so some of this stuff is like, you know, kind of dedicated to just solving on the application side of thing, right? Where you're saying, Hey, listen, we can do this better. We can make this faster. But there's a lot of, there's a large part of that process that is dependent upon the people we need to get the information from most traditionally known as like insurance companies. Right. And that, that couldn't have been easy. Right. I mean, getting people to kind of plug into this and subscribe to some of this stuff, but do you think we've hit a point to where we kind of all agree that this isn't necessarily like a threat, we don't need to be, you know, creating these walled gardens around, you know, this information and and we can get quotes, we can get things faster, easier, where they need to go?
1: Um, I think that it depends who you ask too, right? (laughs) (laughs) We we, we talked to a lot of uh, people from the industry and People, I mean, there are certain people that don't want to change. I mean, especially yes. the ones that are very comfortable in their positions. They say, "I like the status quo. I know that is is not good, but I'm not going to be the facilitator to change the industry. The change, the industry will change eventually, but not because of me. Because if I change it, some of those people feel that their position is at risk. So I have seen this in many many industries, especially the incumbents and. Uh, if they're incumbents, they are, they are not the ones that are incentivized to change the status quo, right? So you want to, uh, to partner with uh, carriers or uh, people in the industry that they are incumbents because they, they know much more than you and they um, want to partner with the, with the leaders in the industry. But at the same time, they, you want to partner with people that want to be the agent of change And they want to be also relevant in 10 years time. And they are not so concerned about their particular position uh, or their value in the industry, but they want the company to be the leader uh, in the future, right? In banking, this is very common, right? If you look at uh, the big banks today, including Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, they are not afraid of technology, they embrace technology like Goldman Sachs today has more engineers than Facebook, right? And if you look at many banks today, they are software companies. So they look at what humans uh, used to do and they replace those activities with software because software is more reliable, works 24 seven, is faster, is simpler. And that is going to happen in insurance. And the leaders that are brave will prevail in the future. They might not be uh, feeling that they know more than anyone else, but their companies are going to be successful because of them.
0: Yeah. Now, this is an important question. Like you talk about the status quo, right? And do you think we've got enough people on board to have it start rolling down the hill uh, to where you know? Again, if we've only got one or two, it's not really going to you know make a dent. They're just going to kind of shrug it off. But do we have enough people that are in that pack in in the industry to where? Listen, like I want to be part of this. I want to make sure that we are in front of this. Do we have enough to where the ones that are not, they're just kind of staying where they're at? It's it's really going to just be a matter of time before they're just not going to be an option any longer.
1: It's interesting, and, and I'm going to link this to your previous question as well about uh, whether people want to embrace this or not. You don't need uh, everyone to uh, embrace this, right? And and there will be consolidation in the future, and the ones that are not investing in technology at some point uh, will disappear, right? It might be in the short term. It might be in the long term. Uh, The question is when, not whether this is going to happen or not. Uh, But but what is happening is that the big carriers have deeper pockets to invest in technology. And those are the ones that feel more comfortable in playing the game and investing into the future uh, because they have deep pockets where we have seen that there is more rejection is in the smaller carriers that they don't have the budgets and they don't have the DNA. They know that for them to invest in technology or to, to have the technology DNA inside of the company, uh, they don't have the the, 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 the money to, to start with and they don't have the DNA. Like many of these executives, they don't even know how, how to start when they, they, they know that technology is important, but they don't even know what to do, right? I, I have heard many insurance executives and many, a board of directors that they discuss technology in every board meeting at like publicly traded insurance companies they say how important is this but then they are paralyzed because they don't even know how to start it's not part of their dna so the ones that have the deep pockets they say well if this is not part of my dna i'm going to attract talent or i'm going to acquire companies or i'm going to recruit executives that will complement our knowledge with insurance with knowledge of technology Uh, but it's more and uh, carriers, they don't have that luxury, or they are very afraid of committing part of their budget to, to, to technology for the future.
0: This might be an impossible question. Bear with me, but we'll give it a shot anyways. If you had like a magic wand to say, like, I'm just going to wave it over insurance companies in general to do like for them to just kind of adopt one thing that would make the process easier for the people that are trying to sell insurance, be it the agents and the platforms, like what's just one kind of core principle that we're just not there yet? Like what 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 are they? What's what is that? Like like you said, they don't know where to start. But what is the one thing that everybody could at least start thinking about more often? Well, to to, to me is it yeah. start
1: from the top, right? And you need to have a, around the table where decisions are made, a people with a tech, data, and design DNA, right? If you go to many of those. Uh, insurance companies, like they all come from the insurance world, which is the most important thing that they have to do, but they don't have anyone balancing their know-how and uh, someone that could identify opportunities and push other executives to make those decisions. So this is not something that you can solve by um, engaging with a consulting company, IT consulting company, and that's it. You need to have decision makers Uh, around the table that have this technology DNA, innovation DNA, software DNA, um, that today it is not happening. So it starts from the top, like, yeah, like adding one or two executives with a strong innovation DNA and adding one or two board members that come from the technology and innovation world.
2: Yeah, and, it, and it's it's really a cross-functional effort, right? Which is why it's important to come to the top. You know, many times when we start working with a carrier, they think of it as an IT project, right? And it's not an IT project. Like, I spend as much time talking to um, underwriters at carriers than I talk to um, programmers and implementation um, teams at carriers, right? Because it's really important that a lot of the magic lives when everything works together, right? So when you are able to go end-to-end, right? And this is the place where Cover Wallet is very clearly the market leader at going from rating, underwriting, bind, and issue all online, that's a very difficult thing. And as part of that, you need to work with the different parts of the organization and make them believe at reducing frictions along the way, um, all to get to that one output, uh, which is an end-to-end uh technology experience. Online.
1: Yeah. And, and people that don't have a tech DNA and they have never built technology products, sometimes they don't understand the complexity uh, under the hood, right? They, I, mean, I have seen many people that are from outside the tech world that they, I mean, maybe it doesn't happen that uh, any longer, but 10 years ago, people would refer to Google as oh, that website, Google as a website that mm-hmm. is. It's a, a white website with a text box and that's it, right? Yeah. They thought that that was just like, oh, that is not that simple, uh, that difficult. How is it possible that it's so valuable? And But that is what is unique, right? <laughs> you make it very simple on the top, but what is under the hood is what is very complicated. So the complication behind the scenes, eh, unless that you kind of feel how difficult eh, and how much technology goes into that to make it very simple in the front It's very difficult to grasp later. And I have seen that in many other industries, right? Like a lot of people refer to to Walmart and many of the retailers when they saw Amazon 15, 20 years ago, they were referring to that as the website saying like, oh, like, yeah, maybe you can also build a website and that's it. No, for them it was building a website.
2: And as part of that, it's a willingness to work with partners that might be a little bit more leading edge like us. Right. So Wallet Inc., we have about a dozen carrier uh, integrations for the vast majority of those. We were their first integration. Right. So we are actually working and educating their teams on what the best practices are in an integration. Right. Uh, including standardized forms, always getting an automatic underwriter to do a first look, um, having uh uh, rationalized questions so you're not asking redundant un- underwriting questions and removing conditionality there. Like, like we are fairly expert in both our um, application of technology and our domain expertise in this space, um, and we have a high willingness to work with carriers who who share our vision for where uh, where the market is is going. And really, we do believe that, as Inyaki mentioned, like not every carrier will will necessarily bridge the divide, but those that will be successful five, 10 years from now are the ones that are going to be most forward at embracing technology um, and really making a good experience for their agents and overall, uh, at the end of the day, their, their insurance.
0: Yeah, I mean, because this is an all-encompassing kind of effect that it has as, you know, putting them together, right? Because for so long, we thought, hey, people just want to see numbers, and that somehow means that they can buy a policy, and it's it's way deeper than that. And I still think we probably have a little bit of a ways to go, and, and I'm always fascinated by a, a number that I think we talked about um, last time we got a chance to talk was... Um, like, I think you guys told me I, I heard eighty percent of businesses still sold. Like it takes like a human being to just like solidify the thing. And I think you guys told me something like 95 um, like, percent. Like where do you think we are as far as that simplicity to where uh, taking it to the next step? Like what's next? Like we've we've gotten to a point where you know maybe we've matched today's consumers' expectations. Like what what do we have to what do we have to kind of start wrapping our brains around today to be prepared for what we need to be doing down the Absolutely. road? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. You know, I think the way that we approach it is technology should do the job that technology is best suited to do. And humans should do the job that humans are best suited to do. Right. If it's um, areas around accessing different information and rating logic and underwriting logic and getting to who's willing to write this for this customer, that is absolutely the role of technology. Right. And it's the role of uh, data and design to be able to help customers uh, and agents in this case. Get to that answer quickly, right? And really, for an agent, where the where the real where the magic comes is when you're not spending your time on on really what is today the very time consuming and very low value add parts of it, the parts that technology can do better. You really then have more time to spend on the parts that humans can do better, right? On giving advice to um, uh, insureds on what risks they have, what. Uh, types of insurance can best meet their needs, being able to um, compare and uh, assess the value of policies and then also build and maintain relationships uh, with new and existing customers. So really that's where um, a lot of the the expertise and the relationship management and the benefits of of humans uh, thrive. And it's not in what is honestly today is some more mechanical lower value at work where really technology can do it much better.
1: Yeah, a good analogy there would be TurboTax. In the U.S., there are uh, about 30 million uh, Americans that file their taxes uh, using TurboTax, and they do everything by themselves. TurboTax allows them to do most of it, but a lot of those people uh, want to have a second opinion and to have a conversation with a tax accountant uh, to help understand a little bit of some of the things that they are not 100% sure and having reassurance they're doing things properly. And that conversation results into a very valuable uh, conversation about advice. And uh, experts can answer the questions uh, instead of just typing information and doing back office and moving data from one place to another. And that problem was solved in TurboTax, I don't know if it was uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, This is what we are doing in insurance.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's that's kind of where you know it always feels like we're ten to fifteen years behind. And I'm curious. I mean, do you think we will ever? reading uh, sounds silly to say out loud. I almost try. I try not to laugh myself. But do you think like we will ever leapfrog, get up there with the you know the banking, the finance, the accounting? Like, is it possible that we can kind of jump ahead at some point?
2: I, I think it will, right? I think if you look at how technology is um, spread across financial services, it started where it was the most simple. Uh, and then it moves to more complex areas, right? So for lending, it's a great example. It started with unsecured loans, right? Then it moved to student loans, and now it's in mortgages is, is where the, the topic are, right? And the same thing with insurance, right? You can look at uh, very simple risks like renter's insurance, right? Already online, then across personal lines, right? Where uh, it's been online for, for quite some time. For commercial lines, um, the risks are just more complex. The financial contracts are more complex. It's it's a more uh, uh, complex ecosystem and more complex financial product, and the individual appetites of the different carriers are more narrow. Right? It's a it's a pretty um, it's a pretty fragmented market. So, but in this case, this is actually in my mind the best place to apply technology, right? Because you have uh, a market with lots of fragmentation, not a lot of centralization in terms of information, and actually having a party like Cover Wallet for agents that can do that dirty work really for agents at being able to make all the connections, but while still um, creating an experience that's more consumer friendly. Really, through there, we see a lot of the power that really we're making something that is very complicated, not so complicated, right? Because it doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah. And the, the other thing is that you were referring to, uh, being behind the banking uh, industry. So what we're trying to do here is not only bring in the innovation that has happened in the banking industry for private wealth manage- management, for investing on stocks or for international money transfers. So we are what we're doing in insurance is bringing all the best practices and innovation that has happened, not only in banking, but in all other industries, that are on the internet today to the insurance world, right? Like from uh, buying products on Amazon. Think about how it is to buy something on Amazon. Really, the type of experience we want to uh, build on cover wallet. And many of the best practices uh, that we observe that Amazon is doing about billing and about how to store your credit card for future payments or things like that, that's what we are bringing here. But not only Amazon, it's also like best practices in dating, like uh, uh, Match.com or uh, or Tinder or Netflix, how you do recurrent payments with Netflix or Spotify or Dropbox or many of the uh, innovations that we are seeing in other industries, we are bringing them to the insurance world and we are the first ones applying them. So many of the things that we are doing around artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's not that we are inventing them, but we are the first ones applying them to insurance. And many people had applied them to self-driving cars, for example, right? Autonomous cars. So what we're doing is the same algorithms and techniques that were applied to those industries, now we're the first ones applying them to insurance.
0: I mean, yeah, and you guys have obviously, like I said, from, from end to end, everything that's kind of involved in, 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 in and that, that can be accomplished within your guys's platform. What's the one thing that you know, has surprised you the most, that you didn't think was going to be a byproduct of, of kind of marrying these things that really just, you know, transformed that process and really just kind of accelerated it?
1: The, I mean, I don't know there's a single thing. I mean, to, to me, like, the, the shocking thing, I didn't know anything about insurance four years ago. Uh, the shocking thing is, How is possible that the same people, like insurance uh, employees uh, that use Amazon on a daily basis and they know how simple, how quick, how convenient it is, why they don't question why many of those things cannot be applied to insurance, right? It's not that those people didn't know that those things existed, right? I mean, everyone, like I think that I read somewhere that almost half of American households already have Amazon Prime, right? And that builds on convenience thanks to technology. And why, if you are happy and delighted to use technology products like Google, like Facebook, like Amazon, why you don't question why those things cannot be applied to insurance?
0: And I want to wrap it up with this. And it's really focused on, you know, what you guys think is is next um, for you, for agents. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit, but I mean, what's the one thing that you are most excited about, you know, not like 10 years from now, but what is the, what is the thing that you guys are working hard on to, to kind of bring to agents or that you think agents should be prepared for? Um, here in 2019, 2020, that, that that's really at the top of the list?
1: To, to me, and it might not be that short, but it should be much faster, right? If Today, we allow people with a few questions to get a quote, take a credit card, and make a payment and get a copy of their policy, everything in five minutes. Uh, in the short term or midterm, that should be like a few seconds, right? Uh, there is no reason why you couldn't give me your... Social security number or your tax ID number. And from that data, use that as a proxy to get all the information that I can find about that company on the internet. And based on that, we give you a a, a price. And based on the credit card that you have on Apple Pay or somewhere on the internet, you make a payment and you are insured, right? So you don't, I mean, it's basically the quote is waiting for you because you don't have to enter any information. So it's based on the information that exists about you or about the company on the internet, or that you monitor on a daily basis, or in a, a annual basis, uh, you could underwrite that. And we can already do that for uh, a few type of company, like for example, nonprofits. If you are a nonprofit and you give us your tax ID number, there is so much information on the internet about nonprofits, like the name of the nonprofit, the address, uh, the revenues, like all the financial statements, or oh, there are public records that we can tap into, and the quote is waiting for you, kind of, right? So I think that is leveraging more data to underwrite faster and write better as well, because if you collect information from the internet, that is the real information versus what the customer is entering that it is prone to errors, then the underwriting is going to be even more precise.
0: All right, Anaki, you're going to make a liar out of me. You had mentioned that it should be waiting. and so. I guess, how far away are we? I got to know. I got to know your take because, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because there there is no, and well, so one thing, I mean, there's probably a lot just from a privacy standpoint that's holding that up for other industries, right? Just like we're we going to have that hurdle to overcome. I don't know what your thoughts are on that is one, but then two, once we kind of have those connection points to where, like you said, that we have enough information available to have these things kind of just being sitting there, What at what point do we get to where it's not even just waiting, it's anticipating, it's 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 yeah, saying, yeah. you know, b- back to Target and saying, hey, we probably know you're pregnant before you are sort of thing, that kind of freak sort of stuff. Like, when are we going to get to that?
1: Uh, I, I think that uh, we are not far away, as I was saying, right? It, it could be as soon as you sign a lease for your office space, uh, you know exactly how much you would be paying for... Uh, for insurance right and and we have seen that in other industries think about zillow in real estate right you give me your address and there is an estimation of how much you are paying for rent or how much is the value of the house right and and i know that there is a concern about privacy because now everyone that is giving me their address i can know whether they live in an expensive or affordable house and the same should happen uh, in other areas but privacy is very important as well as you are saying so the balance of privacy versus convenience is always like a uh like a like a very uh, gray area right
2: a but, of- but i think it's important i do think there's yeah. mindset shifts across the ecosystem right yeah. and it starts from underwriters and it's also agents as well like many of our agents um we have to educate them that even though we don't ask the same number of underwriting questions as other uh, insurance providers, that it's the same policy, right? So, for instance, on CoverWalt for agents, if you want a workers' pol- workers comp policy for a dentist, you will be asked zero underwriting questions. And for many people, this is mind-blowing, right? But it's because the underwriters at the carriers we work with have determined that this is uh, a risk that they want volume from and is generally good quality, right? So. It's it's moving from a different mindset shift almost in the industry to say, you know, what where do we think that we are going to have favorable risk characteristics, and how can we reduce as much frictions such that we're able to target those customers we like best, right? And especially when you put different insurance um, providers together like we do and are able to aggregate that. If each person is able to reduce the frictions on where they want to write, you then get this very powerful experience, whereas Inyaki mentioned, you can get to a quote in, you know, we, we've, we've brought it from hours to minutes. I do think the next uh, frontier is to bring it from minutes to, to seconds.